My life be like Welcome in, everyone, to the Anox podcast. It is your co-host, Ryan Rama, one of the Anox, and I am joined here, as always, with my good friend and good cousin and good Anox, Peter Mata. Peter, how you doing? All is well, Ryan. You know how it we're, is. How are you? We're hanging in there. Um, we have a sweet, sweet show planned today. I hope you like sweets. I hope your sweet tooth is intact, because we're talking some NFL, all right? Mm. We're talking... Storylines that are most intriguing to both Peter and I. We're talking potential defensive breakout player, offensive breakout player. We're talking who we think is going to be the defensive MVP, who we think is going to be the offensive MVP, and also a very, very early Super Bowl prediction and, and who is going to be hosting the Lombardi Trophy um, in February, which seems like forever from now. But that's going to be the majority and the bulk of our show. It's going to be a lot of NFL as we approach week one um, in September. But also, like I said, I hope you brought your sweet tooth because we're going to sprinkle in a little bit of NBA action. Just a little bit, all right? Just a, a little bit to tingle your, your sweet tooth. We're going to talk about you know some of the early round um, playoff matchups that we have just seen and then some Ayun moments. Ayun. Ayun, Ayun. And, and for those of you who remember and for those who don't remember, Ayun moments, um, we're going to be discussing some moments that really caught our attention. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a single play, it could be an overall performance from a team, but we're going to be talking about some Ayun moments mm-hmm. uh, so far in the bubble. So, Peter, without further ado, first of all, how you doing, man? I miss you. I miss you, Peter. I miss you too. It, it's been, uh, been a few weeks. I, I do like that we have this somewhat of a schedule three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is. But I think it, it's – I guess it's just going on schedule with when sports are getting released. You know, the NBA just got released late July and NFL. Technically, it's supposed to be the preseason now, but they don't even have a preseason. And they're extending games, right? It's like going to be like 17, 18 games this year or something like that. Is that right? Um, so I think with the NFL, I think starting next year is going to be 17 oh, okay. games late. Okay. But I think starting this year – uh, the playoff format is going to be shifted. Yeah, so, so no more is the first two seeds in a conference having that advantage with a bye. It's only going to be the top overall seed. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, going to make it difficult, really. The playoffs uh, with seven teams in each mm-hmm. respective conference going to be making it to the playoffs. But it should be all the more interesting, especially with, mm-hmm. I mean, on top of everything going on um, globally and, and mm-hmm. with this pandemic. So any, any news or anything that's really caught your attention with the COVID-related uh, items that are affecting the NFL theory? I, I think the big thing was, like, the preseason. Like, there really is no – like, I mean, that's injury thing. You know, with football, it's a f- physical game. Like, I mean, these guys need to get out there and, like, kind of feel each other out a little bit, feel what hitting feels like. You know, get into that routine of, you know, you go to play, you recover, you you know, you get, get the bones all, you know, ready to go for the season – and, you know, without that, that's going to be kind of interesting. I mean, obviously I don't wish any injury for anyone, but, I mean, it's it's probably going to happen just because there's just no warm-up games. You know, you have to get ready going right now. And similar to the NBA, I mean, they, they had a few scrimmages, but, like, no preseason really to, to get it going. I'm actually surprised by the, the quality of play uh, by the NBA. So, I mean, maybe the NFL, actually, they come out fresher, so – I mean, I don't think – has there been a season where there's been no preseason? So this is going to be kind of like a, a new precedent for for them. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's the biggest thing that caught my eye. Obviously, no fans and everything like that. No cheerleaders even. No mascots. I saw that just Just, just today, now. right? <laughs> yeah. So all overall different. I mean, uh, it's going to be – yeah, right it's going to be – it's going to be a season unlike anything we've ever experienced mm-hmm. before and, and watched. But I think you hit it right on the nail right there, Peter. Um, I mean, no preseason. There's going to be there's going to be injuries, and like you said, we we don't wish injury upon anybody. But at the same time, I mean, football such a contact sport, and you got defenders who are, you know, just absolutely ready to hit people. You know, right. they've been like scratching. You know, they've just been wanting to go out there and just. Just pummel laying people, someone you know? out exactly, and so that's why I think come week one, I mean, as we anticipate week one starting, I mean, that's going to be unlike any type of gotta uh, be ready to we've go. ever seen. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. who, who knows what we're really going to see out mm-hmm. there, and and with the offensive players, how hesitant are they to really mm-hmm. burst out? You know, the rhythm have those yeah. runs. So we'll see. It's it's going to be all interesting, and and as sports fans, and I know me and you, Peter, we're excited to at least be able to to have NFL. I know I've watched maybe about 20 minutes of the first Hard Knocks episode where they're doing both LA Chargers and the LA Rams, Mm -hmm. uh, both LA teams, and all of the protocols and stuff that they've been doing in place of of, for for their health um, Mm -hmm. has been quite good. You know, they they Mm -hmm. seem like they've laid out at least a foundation to go with because Mm -hmm. I know most of the players coming into the season, that's their number one concern, as Mm -hmm. it should be. because football, as opposed to basketball, basketball you can potentially, and, and as they've been doing, mm-hmm. holding everybody to a bubble, you know, mm-hmm. th- it's small enough. Mm-hmm. Football, I mean, you got 50 to 70 people trying to make that roster. Um, it's, it's tough to bubble that, especially yeah. right now. So I think moving forward and as the, se- uh, the season progresses, um, it's going to be the reaction to potential outbreaks that happen. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, in today's day and age, it's it's... I don't want to say inevitable, but we've seen it prevalent in baseball mm-hmm. where, you know, you get a couple guys that catch it and everything stops and, right. and, and just halts for that team. Mm-hmm. And so in the NFL season where everything's structured in a way where it's, you know, week by week basis, mm-hmm. those schedules are pretty confined. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how the NFL is going to play out that 
if and when mm-hmm. a, a potential outbreak happens. And imagine, you know, the whole D line is out. You know, who are you going to replace? I mean, you don't have a preseason to evaluate those those marginal players that would be replacing them. So exactly. So, so you're going to go I mean, with unknowns all year, basically. We'll see. And and like always, I hope everyone listening here and, and Peter, your family as well, is just staying safe during during this COVID mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, safety is always going to be the forefront, always going to be the priority right mm-hmm. now. Uh, we love sports, but at the end of the day, it's our health that is is number one. Um, but we're going to progress now. We're going to segue into um, the three storylines. And mm-hmm. this is in no particular order whatsoever. It's not ranking it from third to first in, mm-hmm. in what intrigues us the most. These are just overall storylines heading into the 2020 season that is the most intriguing to Peter and myself. Non-COVID so, related. Yeah, non-COVID related, of course, um, with this topic in hand. Peter, what's your Number three storyline that you are most excited for. Number three right now. I think it's what's interesting was just all the movement and particularly quarterback movement that we saw during the offseason. It's very, you know, NBA-like. You know, the NFL, usually people don't get as excited for those trade deadlines or free agency as they do for the NBA. But this offseason, it was, it was like the NBA. I mean, you had, like, on my list, obviously, Tom Brady going to Tampa, Cam Newton going to New England, Rivers – to Indianapolis, Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina. And then you got the rookies, you know, high-profile rookies, Burrow, Tua, and, and that uh, Oregon quarterback, Bear. You know, these guys are, are pretty much going to be starting from the get-go. Brand-new teams, these are guys that are considered stars of the game. Uh, how are they going to react? Uh, I guess the biggest profile one is Tom Brady in Tampa Bay and Cam Newton in New England. Uh, frankly, I, I said this, I think, in a previous podcast. I think they're probably going to have the same exact record and do and win like one playoff game. It's gonna be like ten and six, and they're both gonna win a playoff game. And realize that, you know, Tom and Bill Belichick maybe separate they're really good, but together, you know, that's what makes them great. That Tom's competitiveness, the clutchness to get them over the edge, and Belichick's consistency to get them, you know, to the playoffs and whatnot. So, I think those are the two biggest storylines in terms of those quarterbacks. Uh, I'm interested to see maybe who's gonna flame out out of that list, or you know, maybe who's gonna be breakout. Maybe Teddy. Bridgewater just suddenly turns into Drew Brees of, you know, like to tee on six Drew Brees for the Saints. We don't know, uh, but it's going to be interesting. I think that's the storyline I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think this offseason and going into it, I mean, the quarterback shifting, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it truly is one of those seasons where, you know, very rarely, like you said, very rarely do quarterbacks to this magnitude shift. And, and I think to – to couple that with the rookies that we're getting, mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow, you, I mean, you know better than anyone, Peter, okay. uh, what kind of season he had down there in the bayou. And, you know, he's going to a Bengals team where they're not deprived of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a solid wide receiver core. They have John Ross. They have A.J. Green, who's coming off a season where he didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. But A.J. Green has always had talent. We all know what he's capable of. And, and you got Tyler Boyd. And, and so you got a strong core of a team. You got Joe Mixon there. So it's, it's not like there's a lack of talent per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who knows, Joe Burrow, right off the get-go, carrying that momentum that he had from you know, his last Heisman season uh, with, with LSU, that's intriguing. The Miami situation, uh, Tua, his health, mm-hmm. seeing that, how that unfolds. Um, but yeah, going back to the Tom Brady, of course, I mean, I think that Everyone is, is anticipating and excited for uh, Tom Brady and, and his new chapter uh, in Tampa Bay. So, mm-hmm. 
that's already going to be interesting. But yeah, all the puzzle pieces moving, it, it's definitely going to be one of those years where I, I know for the non, not, not people to the our caliber. Yeah. yeah, for the, for the non-NFL fans, they're going to be like, oh, he's on that team? Oh, he's on that? It's going to be one of those years where you pass yeah. by TV and you're like, you like see Rivers Philip Rivers in a Colts uniform. Yeah. yeah. So you see Philip Rivers in a Colts uniform and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, so it's one of those years where, I mean, a lot of puzzle pieces moving and, and still a lot of people that need to prove their worth in the position. I think Teddy Bridgewater, too. I mean, filling in with uh, uh, for Drew Brees when, when Drew Brees went down earlier in the year last year, I mean, Teddy has always been a guy that has been talented. Some would call him a game manager, um, but I think he's going into a situation that fits him, um, getting paired up with with Joe Brady, and, mm. and we saw what Joe Brady did in LSU. So, no questions there. But fantastic storyline. That's that's a great storyline too. That I'm What's excited your number for. Three? So number three, or we'll we'll call it number one. So since there's no particular order, we'll right. just go story number number one, number two. Uh, storyline number one for myself. I'm interested in in Lamar. I'm seeing what Lamar can can do in his third season. Obviously, MVP campaign um, in his last season, ending not in a way that the Ravens or, or himself wanted to end, um, losing in their first game in the playoffs against the Titans, who was, I mean, they were just going off of Derrick Henry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested because um, he's the cover of Madden, and we all know about the quote-unquote Madden curse that have, has been dubbed on a lot of these Madden athletes. Mahomes just shattered that curse by not only winning the Super Bowl, mm. but getting that large lump mm. sum of cash that is going to be coming his way. But I'm interested in, in Lamar, and he's been a quarterback that I followed all the way dating back to uh, his days in Louisville. Mm. And, and he's been a, a quarterback that has always sparked up some sort of controversy uh, when it comes to quarterbacks and how you analyze a quarterback and so last year he showed us the most Michael Vick-esque year mm. as, as any quarterback has ever showed us winning the MVP like I mentioned but I'm interested to see how he performs now moving forward you know the, the division got better you know, mm. Pittsburgh regaining Big Ben they potentially have one of the best defenses in the league um, and, and you know Cincinnati as we mentioned earlier with, with Joe Burrow. They're kind of like the wild card in that division. Um, but yeah, and the Browns, they underachieved tremendously. They probably have the most talent out of that whole division. Yeah, I, really. I, I think on paper, I mean, it's hard to argue against the fact that they potentially have the most you know, talent in the league. Period, you know, they're, yeah. they're so deep as well. So I think uh, with the new coach there, uh, it's going to be difficult for the Ravens, but that's why I'm so intrigued in seeing how Lamar – uh, goes about this year and, and how defenses are going to look at how the Titans played him in the, in the playoffs and, and going back a year, uh, how the Chargers played them uh, in the 2018 playoffs and, and, or 2019 playoffs and maybe use that and really scheme against that because, I mean, he's such an athlete. So it's going to be interesting to see how he carries his team uh, um, this upcoming year, but that's my first storyline, Peter. What's Interestingly your... enough, yeah. that is a uh, segue. That is my next one. Okay. Lamar yeah. Jackson too. Uh, will he progress? I don't know. I mean, like you said, he's very much in that same akin to, to Michael Vick in the way he played. He's got his own flavor and everything like that. But I mean, shoot, he's a dynamic player. Last year he showed it. I mean, he's an MVP candidate, MVP period. He's going to be an MVP candidate going forward just because the, 
just to how he played. But the biggest thing is, just like you said, with the Titans, I mean, they force him to throw the ball. Our teams are just going to allow him to run all over them, or are they going to force him to throw the ball like the Titans did? And personally, I don't think I don't think he will progress, at least this year. I don't think he's going to progress uh, with everything going on. He probably hasn't, you know, gotten the same type of work that he would have gotten in, you know, without COVID and everything like that. I don't know. I personally don't think he's going to, but that's what's interesting. He could very well. He can come out and, you know, shock the world and be a pocket passer. But I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting storyline. That's it's why it's, it's on my list as well as yours. Uh, I mean, they went, what, 13-3, and 14-2, something like 14 that? 14-2 like, last 14 year. 14-2. Yep. I mean, they had the best record. And, you know, with the Ravens, they've always had a solid defense. John Harbaugh is a solid coach. I mean, are they going to repeat the success? they got deeper competition. I don't know. I, I yeah. personally don't think they are. But maybe I'm just being a hater. Yeah, interesting because, I mean, backfield-wise, you got Mark Ingram, who we're very familiar with in his days um, with us in the Saints. But, I mean, drafting J.K. Dobbins, what does that mean? You know, how is that backfield going to get split up? I know Mark is um, – he's been consistent throughout his whole career. But, I mean, who knows? J.K. might hop in there and win a job because um, – we really don't know. And wide receiver-wise, they, they really don't have that number one guy. If you, I mean, me and you, we're both fantasy guys. I mean, there's no one really on the Ravens wide receiver-wise that is really screaming at you, like, take me in the first really round, take sneak. me in the second round. You know, none of that. We, I mean, we have Hollywood Marquise Brown, mm. who's pretty much their number one guy. I know Mark Andrews he had a phenomenal breakout season last year as a tight end. But outside of that, I mean, it's a question too. It's like, you know, when is one of these wide receivers going to step mm-hmm. up um, as well? So that's definitely been intriguing because if you're the number one overall seed last year, 14 and two, and you go out and you bounce in the first round, I mean, and you have the MVP, that's, that's a little bit questionable. And it's like, all right, how are you going to respond to that? Um, so definitely, definitely Lamar and the Ravens will, I, I will be following and you will be following closely how they performed this year but like i said the the division got better and that division i mean that division is always tough mudslinging always tough so <laughs> oof, oof. I, it, it, we should see we should see. and that's why i think with these storylines it's so intriguing to us and and for me peter i don't know about you but when i scripted my storylines it's the most that i really don't know how it's going to pan out and, and that's what makes it the most interesting for me. So we really don't know. Like you said, it could go both ways. Lamar can have a replica season of what he just had. Or really, defenses could hone in and potentially... Sophomore slump, so to speak. Exactly. Sophomore slump. So we should see, but he is the reigning MVP. And so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he can replicate that, but we'll just have to wait and see. So mm-hmm. that is your number two storyline, Peter. I'll go into... My number two storyline. Uh, you Go ahead with it. Semi mentioned it earlier. It's kind of a branch off of one of the um, one of the things that you have mentioned. But mm-hmm. I titled it the Patriot Way. So that's that's the storyline number two that I'm I'm most intrigued about going into this year. Mm-hmm. And we all know Tommy B. TB12. Mm-hmm. He had left and he's leaving. He's going to Tampa Bay. Um, they signed Cam Newton, so definitely a controversial sign there. Mm-hmm. Um, because Cam Newton, ever since uh, Super Bowl Fifty against Payne Manning and, and his Broncos, or I, I shouldn't even say Payne Manning; it was Von Miller in the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> it was that defense leading them. It was a duck. Arm. Ever, 
ever since then, you know, Cam hasn't really been the same. We all know kind of the troubles that he's had off the field. But um, yeah, I, I'm interested because Cam Newton, he's Heisman winner. He's someone that is a past MVP. He's <laughs> taken his team to the Super Bowl before. And, and you pair that with Billy and we shall see because, and, and the reason why I'm so intrigued is a lot of the times when we get into these debates, it's, it's, oh, is it Bill Belichick? Is it his greatness or is it Tom Brady's great greatness? Or as you mentioned, is it maybe a combined greatness? So mm-hmm. I think with, with the Patriot way and, and with the Patriot season this season, it's going to be a huge indicator or at least a, little sneak peek and, and really what was the magic was it more Tom Brady was it more Bill Belichick I know that there was a lot of players on the Patriots team that decided to opt out of the year and that's their own choice that's their decision um, but still with with the team at hand they're still capable they're still <laughs> capable of potentially making some noise out in the AFC least or AFC mm. East. Uh, uh, but Billy B. I mean, I have faith in him. I think he's a great coach. I'm just so interested in seeing it because I can see them going like four and 12, but I can also see them going 12 and four. So, I mean, it, it's all dependent on that. And, and I think it's going to be a huge indicator in, in seeing how, how good really Billy B is and, and, and what he can do. Uh, but yep, that's number two for me, the Patriot way. Um, they're in a weak division, like I mentioned. So, I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo put respect on Buffalo's name. They did make the playoffs with two out of three seasons. So. Yeah, I, I actually should put some respect, but, you know, they, they picked up Stefan Diggs, and he's probably my number one most hated person <laughs> just due to the fact of the Minneapolis mm. miracle. But, oh, man. But, okay. yep, I'll put some respect. I'll put a little sprinkle of just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's a good storyline. Very good storyline. Like I had mentioned with uh, – earlier with cam newton going to new england it's it's kind of an odd fit but you know bill belichick finds a way to win with whoever's that quarterback whether it be you know rohan davy matt castle or jacoby Brissett, jimmy, jimmy garoppolo yeah <laughs> he'll find a way to, to win i'm interested if they if they do actually like change their offense like and he even mentioned i think recently about you're not ruling out a platoon quarterback i think that's just the media reaching but i mean are they gonna? What, what are they gonna do offensively? They're gonna just keep on doing those little quick slants and quick drags to to their little Edelman receiver types. Are they gonna let Cam Newton run the ball a little bit more and air it out and throw long bombs and let him run the offense? I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think they're gonna be good. I mean, Cam Newton's an MVP candidate. He brought his team to a Super Bowl. The biggest thing within the past few years has been just injuries. Uh, obviously, he's got. Some people say attitude problems. Sure, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, he put he, he produced with his talent that he had. And he brought, you know, Carolina Panther team that was 1-15 when he got there all the way to the Super Bowl and a consistent playoff contender. So, and he also, you know, even mentioned his college record. He carried that Auburn team to a championship. So, every time I doubt Cam Newton, he usually does something pretty great, uh, you know, regardless of – his attitude and everything like that. So I think, like I said, I think it's a combined greatness between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick provides that consistency, that foundation for getting everyone, the team together to get to that, to the playoffs. And Tom Brady adds that little extra element of competitiveness, 
clutch play down the stretch that gets them gets the Super Super Bowl done. The Dubs. Yeah, I mean your points right there, very solid. I I think that you know the stuff that you mentioned about Cam, you know his attitude sometimes has been in the way of some mm-hmm. of his performances. I think it's making it so intriguing that he is going to probably the most respected coach right now in the game mm-hmm. and the most decorated coach in the game, Bill Belichick. And so it's going to be the ultimate test for both parties. Um, I think Bill Belichick definitely has what it takes to sort of control you know, mm-hmm. someone like Cam Newton. And, and Cam Newton has the pride to respect someone mm-hmm like a Bill Belichick, who knows? It could be, it could be perfect match. I mean, match we, we don't know. And, and as you mentioned, every time I, I doubt Cam Newton, he proves me wrong. And he's someone that um, he, he has a YouTube channel. So he's posting all of his workouts and man, the Cam is going to work man. And, and I respect it. And definitely throughout all the criticism that he's received, you know, in the last few years, he's ready to prove a point. And I think, also adding that, I mean, he's going to have that drive. He's going to have that motivation to really just prove the doubters wrong. Mm-hmm. So definitely interested. I mean, yes, it was an odd fit when I first mm-hmm. heard it, but I'm like, man, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Risk reward. Yep. So we'll move along now as, as we've done a lot of uh, Patriot talk. We'll, we'll mm. move along to your last and final storyline, Peter, that you're most excited for. I'd love to hear okay. it. All right, let's see. My last storyline we'll talk about is uh, I like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm interested to see whether they put the pedal on the metal. Do they want to be GOAT level? Look, we talked about this few podcast episodes ago where you think Patrick Mahomes has GOAT potential. I think a majority of people deep down probably believe the same thing. And they just started last year. They I mean, look, his first two years, won an MVP, got to AFC Championship. Second year, Super Bowl champs, you know, Super Bowl MVP. And now he's got this big-ass contract. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't almost be in the next five AFC Championships, if not Super Bowls, really. Uh, If they keep the same formula, I mean, Andy Reid, I mean, the dude's been a consistent genius for the past 25 years as a head coach. Uh, I believe that he's going to keep doing that. If he, as long as he's there, he's going to keep doing that. Mahomes, the talent's there. His biggest thing before was, does he grind out games well? Does he have that heart? I mean, shit, last three playoff games, they were all down, double digits pretty much. So, I mean, he proved that and more. You know, barring injury, I mean, they've got go potential. I'm interested to see. Do they, do they get satisfied or do they stay motivated? That's yeah, my, I mean, that's my number one. The Chiefs, they're scary. They're mm-hmm. scary for sure. And when, when Mahomes signed that large contract, I mean, largest and richest in, in NFL history at the time, um, I thought to myself, what does that mean for the next five to 10 years for Mahomes? Will that spark maybe a complacency? Like, oh, I made this money. I'm good. I'm set. Got my super. Or will it spark, uh, yes, I'm getting paid this amount. Let me prove that I'm worth this and more. And so that's why I think, I mean, he's primed for success. You look at their division and you look at how each team is positioned for the next five years. I mean, come on. I mean, Oakland Raiders, I just visited Las Vegas 
I mean, I, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. I just visited Las Vegas, saw their stadium. Beautiful stadium. Mm. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's just sitting right on the 15 freeway. I mean, it's right across pretty much Caesars on the opposite side. Or not Caesars, um, Mandalay Bay. But I mean, it doesn't compensate for how their team is positioned um, mm-hmm. talent-wise. And you, you stack them up against the Chiefs, I'm choosing the Chiefs next mm-hmm. five to ten years. Stack them up against the Chargers, I'm choosing the Chiefs. You stack them up against the Broncos, although they had a good draft and they have some good pieces, I'm still choosing the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think they have such a strong hold on their division. And on top of that, I mean, their team built is, is just perfectly placed around Mahomes. I mean, it just, I mean, it complements him so well. And it also, the team is able to really do as they do because Mahomes is such, he, he's such a great quarterback in where, you know, you see Tyreek, you know, and not necessarily, he's not going to be a great player maybe on every team, but you put him on the Chiefs. That's just the system that he needs. I mean, he's just, I mean, I'll, I'll have him run a go route every time. And, you know, that's going for six. And, and now you add Clyde. And mm. we saw what Clyde is capable of, especially when you do a nice little dump off in the flat, you know, third down. Oh, he's picking up 20. He's yeah, picking he's up 15, 20. You know, and, and so that's why I think, and as you mentioned, Andy Reid, he's always been a, a great coach. But I think now just perfect system. And they're all in that perfect system, which makes it, so scary moving forward for everyone in the AFC, everyone in the NFL, because Mahomes is locked in. And, and like I mentioned, I, I think that, you know, he's hungry. He's gotten one, but he's not, he's, he's not satisfied. And he's going to keep going for that. Yeah, he, he may, this may not be enough. You know, one hand may not be enough for the rings this might, this might at the, when it's all said and done. So I, I think that's a great storyline to follow. That was on the fringe of, of breaking my top three. Mm-hmm. It was either that or the one that I'm going to mention now, which makes it interesting too. Um, because I'm kind of glad you didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'll go into it. But yeah, last kind of thought on, on the Chiefs. Yeah, they're scary. They're, they're really scary. I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey too, who just got paid as well, well-deservingly. I mean, he has been the best tight end really pretty much since Gronk kind of fell off. He's yeah, kind of yeah. taken over the helm of the number one tight end in the league. Um, I think it's close though. Kittle has been a great tight end too, but he's kind of breaking out, but Kelsey's kind of still at, uh, at the yeah, top of the mountain there. there. And I mean, you got the recipe for success um, and how that structurally built team. Um, Shout out to their defense, Tyron Matthew. LSU. Yeah. Tyron, yeah. Matt, the honey badger. You, you can't overlook him too. Um, just do the fact that the grit and the grind that he brings to the table. Um, and he's just one of those ball hawks that, you know, defenses. And if you're a quarterback, I mean, you second guess yourself when you're throwing it up there. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kansas city is a team, I think 10, 15 years down the line, we're going to look back and they're going to have most of those Lombardis, um, you know, hanging in their shelf and Mahomes is going to maybe not even have enough on both of his hands. Going to have to get a fourth pair of hands. Yeah. Leave some for the saints, leave some for the saints, (laughs) but, and, and I'll segue now into my third storyline, but I know you're going to be interested in it as much as I am. It's, it's the new Orleans saints. All right. I had to put it on as much as um, we're biased towards them. I'm going to be as non-biased as I can be, but I think that, 
it has to be intriguing, especially to the neutral NFL fan. Um, just due to the fact that, and I don't want to talk about it, but I will. Okay. We're both men and we're both going to have to to really look at our weakness in the eye. And, and our weakness has been the playoffs. Mm. And you look at the last three seasons, starting with the Minneapolis Miracle, Stefan Diggs. Then you follow that up with the blown call in the NFC Championship game, the loss to the Rams. And then you look at last year, losing to the Vikings in overtime. I mean, those are the three most heartbreaking defeats you can put any, not only NFL, but any sports fan for that regard in. I mean, it was, it was heartbreaking. You know, I couldn't sleep. Three I lost years. so many hours of sleep, three years in a row. And, you know, I'm going to do it, Peter. I'm going to go back even further. All right. And, and us as Saints fans, we're, we're I don't know, we, we've been through it. I mean, I don't know what it is with the football gods, but they like to just put the Saints fans through the grinder. Because let me, let me take you back. I was a little what? bit younger. You were a little bit younger. Marshawn Lynch run. You know, that, I mean, come on. Heartbreaker. I mean, that's absolute heartbreaking because non-biasedly, that's one of the greatest runs in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Happens to come against the Saints in the playoffs. I don't even think the Seahawks that year were a 500 team. I remember they seven were 7-9 like and nine that year. And for us to go out in that matter. And then fast forward maybe I think a couple of years when the Vernon Davis last-minute touchdown. Was the mean, next year. Abs- yeah. Absolute heartbreakers like absolute heartbreakers and and us saints fans we've been through it and we have that super bowl 44 win 31 17 against the colts which will always hold a special special place in our hearts but since then it's been just heartbreak after heartbreak and and i think going through what we went through even last year and and all the progress we've shown not only from the offensive side, as we've always been known for with the Drew Brees era, but I think defensively, you know, stepping up outside of Eli Apple, um, stepping up. And I think going into this year, we're so intriguing because, I mean, we're such a well-rounded team. We have pretty much every position solidly locked in as, as a potential all-pro caliber guy. I mean, Drew Brees, is this going to be his last year? Who knows? No, we don't know. But Michael Thomas, you know, breaking the receptions record last year, I mean, he's ready to break that receptions record. Mm-hmm. And adding E-Man to the equation, I mean, that's going to give Mike Thomas more space. Mm-hmm. And then Tara and Latavius. And, I mean, we're so much – we're the team, really, to, to win it all. I mean, I know the Chiefs <laughs> aforementioned, but – I think out of the NFC, there's no reason in why we shouldn't be there, at least in the Super Bowl. And we've had the talent and we've shown season in and season out in the regular season. I mean, we're, we're unstoppable in the regular season. Automatic. <sighs> Automatic. So, I mean, we'll see our wild cards, obviously, Jared Cook still and, and Taysom. I mean, cookies and, and Taysom, I mean, you don't know what you're going to expect from them. Um, and then our defensive side, as I mentioned, I mean, it's not the Saints defense of old where we mm-hmm. score 38 but let up 35. No, we, we can really hold on last year. Yeah, you know, with, with Marshawn and, and Davenport and, 
and Cam. And, and so we need those guys adding Jenkins back to the equation. I mean, we need those, those guys to step up. But like I said, these storylines, they're so intriguing to me because I don't know how it's going to play out. And mm-hmm. although I have the utmost confidence in our Saints, I mean, let the history books show that no matter what you do in the regular season, playoffs is, I mean, it's, it's it. a crap shoot. So that's it. Talk to Eli like, Manning about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, man. So No, that's a good, really good storyline. And yeah, I mean, I partly didn't want to put it on there because of uh, bias and everything like that. But I'm glad you did bring it up. I'm glad we did have different lists. Uh, we talked, again, about this in previous episodes. On the field, the Saints have everything they, they need to win a championship. They've got the talent, young talent. They've got the veterans to give them experience during the playoffs. It's just about doing it. It's just about coming together and doing it. And, uh, and one thing that 09 season, that team had, was, was heart. Uh, was grit and heart. Uh, when things you know, were down and out, they came up and played their best ball. And that's the thing with this team that I haven't seen in the last three years. When they need it, when they need it, they don't play their best ball. And partly it is Drew Brees. You know, he's getting older. But, I mean, he's carried, carried the Saints for 15 years, you know. So he gets a bit of a pass on that. But, you know, he is getting up there in age. The long ball, I, I think he only, he only like, completed, like, a handful of long balls last year. And I, he's not getting any younger. So that's just the biggest thing. Uh, and it, partly why I also didn't put it on is just because – I just feel like it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be – they're going to be really good in the regular season. They've got how to win down. But that extra umph to get you over in the, in the playoffs, it's just right now it's just not there. And it partly it's because of Drew Brees' ineptability to, to throw the long ball. And I'm obviously a Saints fan. I want them to win it all. I hope they surprise me. Uh, look, they've got everything they need on, on the field. Even off the field right now, they – they need uh, some chemistry issues, but hopefully they, they get it together and, and they're all good with everything going on, as long as it doesn't affect the on-field stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, Houdat Nation, we're, we're just – we're in it, but we know that this team and, and what frustrates us the most is, is we know that on paper this team is more than capable mm-hmm. of winning it all. And, and that's why it's so frustrating because we see the talent and we see – everything that goes on in the regular season mm. and it just hypes us up and then all for nothing come reach the postseason. So, and, and also one thing I'd like to mention too, Peter, um, I know this wasn't going to be COVID related, but slightly COVID related in, in, in the uh, regards to, you know, no fans and saints. I mean, we visited mm. the dome last year in November. I mean, we're such a team and I don't want to say that we rely on our, home field advantage but it's so prevalent you know you look at the records and and you know even how vegas shifts their odds just due to the fact that it's in the dome as opposed to you know the saints are away i mean we have that advantage and it's such a huge advantage and it's going to be interesting to see you know with potentially if there's no fans or 25 percent fans how our team is going to you know play in those quote-unquote home games or, or if we have a home field advantage mm-hmm. game in the playoffs, you know, how are we going to play? Um, and, and we saw it firsthand 
you know, when we had that big lead in that game, we were banging on the, I mean, we were in the nosebleeds, but still beautiful seat. We were banging on the, uh, the upper end of that the wall, basically, side wall. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't hear a thing. I mean, my hearing is still bad from that day. But then we also flip side that game that we went to, we went to, by the way, uh, I forgot what week it was, but it was when we had Carolina, but we were at home, obviously. Um, we had Carolina this year. We were up in that game. We had a great start in that game, as you remember, Peter. Oh. But then Carolina inched their way back, slowly inched their way out, or back into the game. And you felt it too. I felt it. I know Kuya David felt it as mm -hmm. well. Um, you felt the energy of the stadium just get sucked out from you. Mm-hmm nothing could get going you know we were just blaming the refs and some of the calls were atrocious yes but but we're blaming the refs and you can feel that energy and it had impact on the game and so i mean non -co i mean covid related i should say we should see how not having but in the in the dome is going to impact how our saints play because we're so i don't want to say we're reliant on it but it has impact. It's I, a true advantage for us compared to other teams. Say yeah. like the, the LA Chargers. I was about to say San Diego because I always forget they're in LA. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about the Chargers anyways. <laughs> like I wasn't offending anyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you may have offended that one person that I know that's a Chargers fan. Phil Rivers, uh, one of his kids is still left over. Yeah, one of their kids. Just one. Not all 20. Just one of them is a Chargers fan still. But, I mean, I hate to bring it up, but it, it's got to be too. Like, you know, the, not having those fans there, especially, mm -hmm. especially in the Dome. Um, we're going to see how we fare. We're going to see how we fare. Because um, I know... Yeah, I, I just know. I'm going to leave it at that. And, and the rest is going to have to unfold for us for me to get a better judgment on that. But, yep, that's, that's the storylines. It's storylines for sure. Yeah. I think that's pretty much majority of fans. That's, that's probably theirs. Unless yep. you're obviously a fan of Houston Texans or at your own individual team, basically. Yeah. But, I mean, great, great storylines. We near closer and closer each passing day to the start of the NFL season um but yeah those are the storylines that jump out to peter and myself the most obviously there's so many other storylines that that jump out and we can dive in more detail on all of them but i think as of right now i mean those are those are the the storylines that you know me and peter are just like we want to watch that closely but overall i i know when the season starts and when the season does um go underway we're going to be following every every little detail of everything that goes on but can't can't go wrong with that. So those are the top three storylines. So went through that. Now we're gonna segue into some of the potentials and opinionated um, opinionated players or or what, who we feel is gonna break out and who mm -hmm. we feel is gonna be the MVPs. So Peter, I'd like to start off with you. We'll start with defensive side of the ball. Defense wins championships. Mm. But this is breakout player. Breakout so I'm talking player. about someone potentially he could be a household name that you know bounce around who who knows but these are breakout players who are not necessarily you know ready or or the most people really don't mm -hmm. have expecting to have that mm -hmm. mvp year but that you know may be in the hunt for that or, or may 
prove some doubters wrong. I'd love to hear your defensive, Absolutely. unexpected breakout player. On, not on the radar. Well, this guy's been on the radar, I think, for both of us since we're both you know, LSU fans. It's a little biased. Obviously, it's LSU player. But I'm going to say Greedy Williams of the Cleveland Browns. Greedy! Mmm. Mmm. Greedy. I love me some Greedy Williams. Loved him at LSU. I think he was, gosh, probably, I mean, obviously you're DBU, but, like, I mean, he might be in the top five of cornerbacks that have played at LSU, just talent alone. I mean, he, he was the Stingray before Stingley was. Oh, man. <laughs> Stinger. <laughs> Shout out Derek Stingley. Best college football player on the planet. He claims his prize on the daily. That's right. Um, we saw it. We saw yes, it. Yes, we did. That's a, that's a whole episode of podcast. That's, that's story time. <laughs> that's, that's story Saturday time right there. Saturday morning cartoons right there. Yeah. The, the viewers and the listeners right now, they're, they're wondering what we're talking about. Only we know what we're talking about. One day, one day, one day, when they grow one day, up. one day. I don't think they're ready for the stinger story yet. <laughs> stinger, yeah. Stingray. Peter, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yes, but uh, the stingray before Stingley was Greedy Williams. That dude was a beast. Uh, he's his second year for the Cleveland Browns, second year in the league. I just think I think he's gonna break out. They got a new defensive coordinator, the 49ers D back coach from last year, Joe Woods is their defensive coordinator this year. We've mentioned with the Browns having pretty much probably the most talent in the league, and they underachieved last year. Uh, offensively, defensively, gosh, I mean, it's raw. But Greedy is definitely a part of that. And just knowing his talent and what I heard about Joe Woods really focusing on fundamentals and, and he's a D-back coach, you know, at heart, I think I'm going to say it's a TBH, but I think Greedy Williams will lead the league in interceptions this year. Wow. Hello. That is a TBH take. And I haven't heard a TBH take in a while. And that, that's fresh to my old ears. Mm-hmm. And I love me some greedy as mm-hmm. well. I'm getting greedy. You're getting greedy with it, but the Browns, like, think about it. You're going to say, and Uncle Robert, Miles, and Kyle, they're going to be happy to hear that because mm-hmm. they're big time Browns fans. But the Browns, I can never like back them, back them, just because. I feel you. We can't. It's like the Clippers, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like the Clippers, but I I have to side with you on this because I think greedy talent wise. Oh my gosh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. It's just the organization that he's playing for that I can't really buy in, buy in. But that's a TBH right there, leading the league in interceptions, picks. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down. At the end of the year, we're going to come back to this. We're going to put it on the board, this. dude. I'll put it on the board. I'll put it on the TBH board because that's a hot take right there. I'll be completely wrong, but I'm going with it. No, you're – hey, go with it. Go with it. I mean, it's about 100 – it's 110 degrees right now in Chino Hills, California. I think it just reached 120 with that take. Mm. Call the weatherman because I think we broke a record. But, yeah, I think greedy – I mean – Coming out last year, as a rookie last year, excited, excited to see what he had. But I think that he has the opportunity for sure this year to make an impact and, and really stamp his hold. I, not someone that everyone is familiar with um, by any stretch of the imagination. So definitely unexpected breakout. Um, but 
we'll, we'll have to wait and see for that. That, that is a TBH. I'm still kind of a little shook from that oh. TBH. Leading the league. I know we're going over defensive MVP. I mean, if he's leading the league in, it, in interceptions, he's got to be in the conversation then for that. He's but, just in the convo. Not, not, yeah. not going to go all the way that he's going to be MVP. Yeah. So, man, that, that's a good take, though. That's a great take. That's a great take. One of my good friends, Nico, shout out Nico Espinoza. He's a big Greedy Williams fan. Big Greedy Williams fan. And so I thought I'd shout him out because Greedy Williams, Stingray before Stingley. Mm. That's it. That's it. I don't know about leading the league in interceptions, though, Peter. That's, but that, hey, we have TBHs for a reason. It'll, it'll age well, like wine. We'll see how that aged. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm going to track week by week, Peter, and check in on you on that. Right? <laughs> per week. <laughs> yeah. So with this, this was tough for me defensively. Yeah. I'm a big offensive guy, but I love defense. I love me some defense. But this is tough because drawing the line between what's unexpected and what's semi-expected. So I didn't want to go with someone. I didn't want to go with, you know, someone that is a well-known name. Mm-hmm. I kind of went with someone that's just random. Mm-hmm. So I did me some looking. This one I did go with a rookie, so I don't know too much about this rookie. So this could be, I mean, I'm, I'm just going on a limb as well on this. But, but the reason why I picked him was because of the fit and his situation. And so I went with rookie out of South Carolina, a former Gamecock, one of the best mascots in the game. Shout out South Carolina, SEC. Javon Kinlaw, he went 14th overall in the NFL draft, and he went to the Super Bowl runner-ups, mm. 49ers. He's a DT, and I just think he's, he's in a good situation. We saw what the uh, defensive line of the Niners did last year and just disrupting pretty much everything. But I think he's in a good situation pairing up also alongside Nick Bosa, and, mm. and I think that you know, he is primed for a great year and someone that could have a, you know, potential breakout year. And that's why he is my defensive breakout potential. Uh, just due to the fact that I love his fit. I love him on the Niners. I thought the Niners had a good pick with that pick. As I mentioned, I'm not too familiar with him. Did a little bit of research and I like what I saw. And I like the fit. He's an unexpected breakout. Because I didn't even know who he was. I don't even know who he is. I don't yeah, even know who Exactly. So that's why. Unexpected breakout. I'm going to have him on my list. Defense if he's a rookie too. And also what I thought when I was making this selection was, I'm trying to think, if I was a, my, if I was a rookie too, rookies going into the NFL, they don't have any prior experience in the NFL. So that could be a flaw. But at the same time, as we look at, how the NFL is shaped going into this year. It's so different. Mm -hmm. And so he's not having to adapt or change to a previous NFL as everyone else is, Mm -hmm. you know, all the prior players or the players that have experience under the belt, they're having to shift what they're used to Mm -hmm. and going into now this COVID environment Mm -hmm. NFL as a rookie Think about it. You're hungry. You know, you're ready. You're the 14th pick. So you still have some weight on your shoulders. You still have to prove your point. And you're going into an NFL as you're experiencing it. And all of the other NFL players are having to adapt and shift from that 
previous NFL experience now into the COVID experience of the NFL. So I think, you know, Kinlaw and, and all the rookies may have a subtle, subtle mm. advantage when it comes to preparation and what they're used to, because at the end of the day, everyone's having to do the protocols now demanded by the NFL. And so what is it? Would you rather have someone fresh, hungry, ready for that experience, not having anything to compare to, or will you have someone maybe, Oh, we used to be able to train this X amount of times or be able to do this, but now we're limited to this. Exactly. So obviously it's not my number one decision-making and why I chose this, but it's definitely something to think about Mm -hmm. going into this year. And something that almost made the cut was just uh, as far as storylines are concerned, I I was just interested in all the rookies. I was going to put that as my storyline, all the rookies. Mm -hmm. Just due to the fact, as I mentioned, they're entering an environment that they don't have to really shift because they're already known, oh, I have to make the jump from college to NFL. But it's not like they're making a shift as NFL players are to a new type of NFL. So everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's on the same boat. So it gives them the opportunity to really make an impact right off the jump. You know, so there's not much of a, you know, you know how rookies sometimes it takes yeah. them a couple of weeks or even a full year, a couple of years to get acclimated to the NFL lifestyle and environment. It's a fresh new mm-hmm. environment now. Well, for like we, we saw that too, like I in golf. I mean, he could very well be a good player, but Colin Morikawa has gotten two wins in a major. A one, and one of them is a major, as well as been playing extremely well in this whole COVID environment. He's pretty much his first year on tour. I mean, have, not having to adjust to anything like everyone else is. They're just all in the same boat. I mean, so, I mean, just based off that evidence, I think you're right on the, right on the, the point there. I mean, it, it could very well be just a rookie that hell wins an MVP this year. Very, very intriguing. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, with this situation and what we're going through, we're going to go through an NFL season that is going to be uncomparable to anything that we've ever witnessed before. And so that's why I think all the wild cards, all the X factors, they're up in the air. Mm -hmm. And if one of them hits, I mean, all the marbles could fall in your direction or we'll see. So that's my defensive like I mentioned, I didn't really know too much about this player prior to me doing the research on him. But I thought to myself, this is a good pick. I mean, when I saw him get drafted, I'm like, I mean, they're just stacking up on defense. And Niners, they got really to the Super Bowl by defense and running the football. Mm-hmm. Um, and perfect fit. We'll see how that plays out. I'm not going to make any TBH takes, though, as you just did. I'm not going to say he's going to have 20 sacks this year. Lead the league. <laughs> Lead the league. Sacks. Um, but I will just leave it at that, and we'll let the chicken marinate in the sauce. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I trust you. I'll just let the playing happen, um, and, and, and we'll really see what happens after that. But – Peter, we'll move along to offensive unexpected breakout. I'd love to hear it. What you got? Who you got? Look, I wanted to say Joe Burrow, but I, 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 I can't be. I know you did, and I know I, I wanted to, too. But I didn't. I'm not going to go with Joe Burrow as much as I believe in him. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I had him on mine, too. So we'll both. <laughs> I had a feeling you would. <laughs> I had him. Uh, I'm going to turn my iPad around and show you, but I don't want you to see all my TBH takes for the next segment. Oh, damn. But 
I had Kyler Murray too. I'll let you have the floor and just go off because I can't agree more. I can't agree I, more. I mean, Kyler Murray, the big trade, Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins to the, the Arizona Cardinals. Don't know why exactly they did that. I don't know. I'm not in their organization. But it's great for the Cardinals. They got a, probably the arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Along with Kenyon Drake, who came along midway through the season last year, produced pretty well for them. I'd say he's going to continue that. Along with Larry Legend, Fitzgerald. Best hands in mm. NFL history, arguably. Man, man could catch anything. Hopefully not COVID, but uh, he can catch anything. It's a bad joke. <laughs> but <laughs> Larry Legend, beast. He, I think he's just going to continue his consistency. Yeah, I mean, now the pressure's off. DeAndre Hopkins, you're number one. I mean, Larry could easily slip into number two, which I think he's kind of been already. But, you know, that's a perfect fit. They've got other receivers. Christian Kirk, I believe, is still on their team. Captain uh, Kirk. Yes, sir. And and then you you got Ryan Gosling as your, your head coach. I mean, oh, Cliff Klingsbury. Oh. I mean, good-looking dude, can coach the, the ball. He's got a great house, as we saw in the NFL draft. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, act, the actual player, Kyler Murray. Oh, let's put some <laughs> You named the whole organization. <laughs> the save Arizona has just great weather. <laughs> no, but yeah, Kyler Murray had a pretty solid season last year. I mean, record-wise, it went with like 5-11. Not great, mediocre, but himself, 37, what was it? 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. That's pretty solid for a rookie to come in and do that. Granted, you know, maybe they push. I don't. I, I don't watch many Cardinals games, but I know Cliff Kingsbury likes to throw the ball. Maybe they they push for like short throws and everything like that. I don't know, but I'm gonna do a TBH and say that with everything I we stated, that he's gonna have a thousand yards more, and he's gonna have damn near twice as many touchdowns. So he might. So what you're saying here with, and Peter with another TBH, so he's coming in hot with these TBHs mm. today. Man, you were craving some TBH. So with that, so I'm going to reiterate what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I need you to clarify for me. So you're saying Kyler's going to have close to around maybe 4,700, 800 yards on the season. Wow, that, that, that is TBH. And, and so what you're also saying is, mm. you said, um, what was the second stat that you said? He's going to have damn near twice as many touchdowns. Oh, wow. You said damn near. And you said twice. 40. So you think he's going to be 40 TDs, 4,007. That's MVP numbers, Peter. I hope you recognize that. I hope you recognize I'm going all in. Kyler, Greedy, let's do it. He's gonna have the same interceptions, which is, I mean, that's that's great if you have forty touchdowns and the other. So, yeah, so cards. I agree with, I want to say eighty nine percent of what you just said, and like I said, we ha- we both have Kyler as our inf- offensive breakout player. The eleven percent that I disagree with mm. <laughs> is. I don't know if he had a great year last year. I, I think he had a bad year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I do agree with you, Peter, 
is I agree that he is going to make that jump. Stat line, you know, you're going to put me on the spot here, and I'm going to have to make not a TBH, but I'm going to have to counter yeah. counter you. I'm going to say he's going to do not a full, you know, double what he had in TDs. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have 35 touchdowns. Okay, so I think he's going to have 35 touchdowns. I think he's actually going to shorten his interceptions. I think that he's going to actually have a better year interception wise than he did last year. 12 is a lot. I don't know. 12 as a rookie. It's not bad though. As a rookie, it's not bad. I mean, you saw what Jameis did last year. He was handing out free interceptions like he was on the Oprah Winfrey show. So 12 interceptions, it's not bad for a rookie, but I think definitely with D hop there, it adds so much more of depth to the, his, his options and his weapons. I think he's going to have 10 interceptions. So I think he's going to finish with 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, solid numbers. I don't think he's going to make that full thousand yard jump because if he does, he's going to average maybe 300 a game. If he does maybe 4,800, as you predicted, I think maybe he's going to, he's going to eclipse that 4,000 mark. So he will get 4,000. I just don't know if that full extra thousand is going to be there. Grand. Um, yeah, that, that's a lot because I think that, what differs from last year in comparison also, um, and, and you mentioned it too, was the this year they do have a more consistent running game and they know what they're going to get out of Kenyon Drake. Um, just due to the fact that last year when they uh, were going with uh, D. Johnson, mm. I mean, he was so inconsistent. Yeah. He was so inconsistent. So, I mean, Kyler, every time I, I was watching them, it seemed like he was, you know, scrambling out of the pocket or he's getting flushed out. And so that offensive line wasn't there. But at the same time, the offensive line wasn't great. But if you don't establish a good running game, the defense is not going to respect anything you do on the running ball. And I do agree that when they did uh, bring in Kenyon Drake, it definitely changed things. Absolutely. It changed some things. But I think going into this year, having their backfield kind of organized and knowing what they're going to get out of that, adding D-Hop, Kyler is primed for a great year. It's going to be a year where we're going to see a huge jump. Not the jump that Peter is saying, which is just Believe a little it. bit too much. First, heard it here first. You heard? Okay. Again, mark it down. Write it down on the big board. But I, I do think, and I agree with 89% of what Peter said, and I listed out kind of my thesis on, on why I think he's going to break out. But I, talent-wise, we saw – what he was capable of back in Oklahoma, winning the Heisman. Cliff Kingsbury, mm. Mr. Scruff himself. Mm. Um, I mean, he's just going to let Kyler do his thing. He's going to let Kyler do his thing again. And we're going to see a breakout year for Kyler Murray. We're going to see a breakout Kyler uh, year. I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate. It's a little bit too far-fetched for my liking, but... I think definitely he's going to be a quarterback that's going to be familiar to even the neutral fans. And, and you know, later down the line, maybe five, ten years, we may look back and, and say, you know, he's a great, great quarterback. But as of right now, we'll have to wait and see. But he definitely has the opportunity to prove himself this year. D-Hop, mm. second, second best receiver in the league, right behind Oof. can't guard Mike. Um, put some respect on his name. There it is. It's my respect. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So, 
So those were our unexpected breakout players um, who we believe uh, might break out or will break out. In Peter's case, he is um, doubling down on mm. both of his predictions in both Greedy Williams, former Tiger, and um, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma, Sooner product. Um, can't agree more with the Kyler Murray one. Greedy, I'm a little bit on the fence about, but but I think he does have that talent. And then for myself, defensive side, I went with Javon Kinlaw, uh, the 49ers rookie. Definitely some names to write down and, and follow closely as this season progresses. But we'll segue, we'll move forward to some Good. of the names that most fans are familiar with. Indeed. Peter, who you got? Defensive MVP this year. Defensive MVP. It's a tough one because, you know, I was kind of looking at the odds, looking at the stats. I mean, I, I didn't want to really pick a, I guess, a house, complete household name. And J.J. Watt's probably going to have a good year if he doesn't get injured. You know, his brother T.J. Watt might have just as good as a year. And many other players, uh, Khalil Mack. But I'm going to go with, he was the rookie, defensive rookie last year, Nick Bosa. Nicky boy. Mm. I'm going there. Nick Bosa, defensive end for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, we know that the 49ers have a staunch defense. I, I, that was last year. I think that's going to continue this year. Their defensive line was a force to be reckoned with last year, and it's just going to continue. I think, And he's going to lead the pack. He's going to have a very, I guess, early on, J, like J.J. Watt when he broke out sort of year, in my opinion. He says he's in the best shape of his life. That, that, that was from an article recently read this week. And people think he's going to deliver. I'm going to put money on that. Not actually put money on it, but I'm, that, that's, that's my pick for defensive MVP. I mean, great pick. Great pick. As I mentioned earlier and, and with Javon Kinlaw, I think it's such a great pick because of the fit. And that Niners defense is just so poised and – Mm-hmm. They just get after it. They'd like to disrupt everything going. Um, and Nick Bosa showed us last year what he's capable of doing, and I think he's only going to improve on that. Um, if I want Javon Kinlaw to have a breakout year, it's definitely going to help out Nick as well. So I can't disagree with your pick. It was tough with this one too. I'm not really a defensive guru, if you will, when it comes mm-hmm. to analyzing the NFL. Um, but I, I do like that pick with Nick Bosa because he's someone that really showed last year. He's top tier talent. He's top tier talent. Mm-hmm. And I think um, he's going to show it this year. That he, I mean, he's in a great system. He's in a great system. Mm-hmm. Um, and his brother too. I mean, oh, scary. Very, very, very scary. If I was a, anybody on the offensive side playing on them, I mean, they're number one. And yep. The Niners, they're just well coached too. You mm-hmm. saw it last year. I mean, they just got after it. They really got after it. Unfortunately, as you saw in the Super Bowl, sometimes Mahomes and I mean Mahomes magic is is separate. So that's why. But I think going in this year, do you have a um no TBH on this one, Peter? No sack. I'm not gonna go or, there with him. I, I'm I not gonna go don't there? know okay. enough about Nick Bosa, but I, I think he's gonna have I can say he leads the league in sacks. How about that? Okay. I'll give you a little sprinkle. Sprinkle. That's a, Today's show is a little bit of yeah. just sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll go with that. I'll write it down as well on the board. Um, Nick Bosa leading the league in sacks. That that's that's tough because that's strong. That's strong. I'm gonna have to go against that because the guy I picked, uh oh, 
I believe is going to lead the league in sacks. You mentioned him ever so slightly just a second ago. It was tough choosing this because it's like defensive. It's such a wide variety of different players and positions. I mean, same with offensive, but it's tough to really filter it down to just one specific player because there's so many great talented players. But I'm going with Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears. So he is a former winner of this award. So he won this award in 2016 when he was with the Raiders earlier in his career. Uh, I did some deep diving and in, in maybe what had effect on his regression last year because he did regress a little bit last year um, from what is expected. And what stood out to me and when I was analyzing it, and I was like, maybe it was the offense. And I was thinking to myself, let me do some research. So I pulled up Oakland's offensive stats and how mm-hmm. Oakland was in 2016 when he won the award. Mm-hmm. They were a top six offensive team that year in 2016 when he won the defensive player of the year. So I said, hmm. I don't know exactly on the top of my head what Chicago was last year. So I did research. They weren't good. And I think I test wise, everyone can say that they weren't good at all. They were bottom five of the league when it comes to the whole team regress, not just Mac, the whole team. Yeah. And so I'm like, Mac is someone that's always been so talented. I mean, we saw it in his early years leading up to the trade to the Bears. So I said, I'm going to choose Mac. And it's because I actually like the Bears' offense this year to improve. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year. I don't think so. And, and I think adding Nick Foles, they still – I mean, it's still kind of a QB competition, some say, but I think Nick Foles ultimately will win that job. Mm-hmm. They have some talent there, too. You know, Allen Robinson, they got guys that, that can make plays. They're playmakers. Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, you know, guys that not necessarily the average NFL fan are familiar with, but those fantasy football fans, you know, we're very aware of what Chicago has to offer. And so I think that will in turn help Matt because, I mean, you think about it, their, their offense was atrocious last year. You know, Matt can play all the snaps he wants, but if the offense runs out there and only does three and outs, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to get gas. You know, yeah. he's, he's getting tired. He can't get into that rhythm and flow of, of what he's accustomed to. And like I said, when I look back at that 2016 Oakland team, I'm like, they were a good offensive team. Maybe that's what allowed Mac to really do his thing on the mm-hmm. defensive end. He got an adequate enough rest in between series. And also, Last thing I looked up. I did a lot of looking up on this Thanks one. Thanks for Khalil Mack. No one. <laughs> <laughs> Last one I did was, was I looked at who are the Bears playing the first three games. Oh, hello. So they start off against the Lions. They don't scare anybody. He can have his way. The Giants, they don't scare anybody. Their O-line doesn't scare mm-hmm. anybody. I can tell you that. And then the Falcons. They don't scare anybody offensive line-wise. Mm-hmm. Matt can really have his way in those first three games, start off on that good note, forget what happened last year, and have that momentum throughout the rest of the year. Just some of the thoughts and, and, and the thought process I had in choosing um, Cleo Mack. But there we go. There we have it. I like it. it. I like yeah. it. And, yeah. and analysis. I'm an analytics guy, so yeah. I, I like it. I, I can't argue I mean, that That's a good pick. All right. So now – Peter, 
offensive MVP, who you got? My offensive MVP, and uh, I'm being a basic bitch here, I'm going to choose Patrick Mahomes. Boo! <laughs> I, I got some TBHs for later, and I obviously had some TBHs earlier. I, I just got to go with Pat Mahomes. I think he's, like we've been talking about, got to go potential. I think he's just going to run rampant. I think he's just going to go all in with that contract coming off that Super Bowl. And we just mentioned all the great things with Kansas City. I'm just going to go with Patrick Mahomes. There it is. What's your pick? See, the thing is, we just talked about maybe 20 minutes on how great Mahomes is. And, I mean, I can't disagree with it. I can't disagree with it. Um, I, I mean, shit, next 10 years, he's probably going to win like seven or eight of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a bad pick. It's a great pick. I think it's just a safe pick, Peter. I'm going to call you out. That's too safe. That's too, even though this is offensive MVP and this isn't really breakout or it's not a TBH, it's just it is what it is. You went with the safe pick. I did. You I, did. I agree. I agree. But a safe pick is never a dumb pick. And so you have some thesis behind it. You have some facts. And everybody, I think now, if they weren't before, was all in on Mahomes as far as what he's capable of doing. And I think what's going to be interesting to see is what else he can add because he's so young. I mean, there's so much things that he can still add to his repertoire that potentially could be things that we've never even seen before. I mean, we know what he's capable of in the air and we saw what he's capable of on the ground. Who knows? He may be kicking field goals. For the win, <laughs> I mean, but no, they have a great kicker. But, like, just in general, I mean, some of the throws that he makes on the run, off balance, just a joy to watch. Just a joy to watch. But, yeah, I mean, I can't – I can't. there's nothing I can disagree with. I mean, he, I think that year in and year out for the rest of his career, he's going to be in the first breath of who's going to be the first quarterback selected in fantasy – and that obviously translates stats-wise to just excellence. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose Mahomes because I didn't want to go too safe. Mm. I didn't want to go too safe. But no I think Mahomes is awesome. I don't want to put any disrespect on his name. But mm. I went with a similar pick, but also a different pick. So that may confuse a lot of people, even yourself. I mean, it confused me a little bit right now, but I went with someone. He's been to the top of the mountain. He's been there. However, he hasn't been to the top of this mountain. And when I say this mountain, I'm talking about MVP. I'm talking about Mr. Russell Wilson, quarterback Mm -hmm. of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, it seems like year in and year out, he has a fantastic year, but just someone else has a greater year or overshadows him. You know, this year we saw Lamar. I mean, he had the year that he had. Years past, I mean, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, they've all had those years that just slightly eclipsed what he was doing on the field. And, I mean, he, he got that Super Bowl ring so early in his career. So maybe voters were like, oh, he has a Super Bowl ring. I'm going to give it to Cam. He doesn't have that Super Bowl ring. I'm going to give it to Matt. He doesn't have that Super Bowl ring. I'm going to give it to Lamar. He doesn't have that Super Bowl ring. 
So I think, I mean, potentially that may have some voters influence, but the stats don't lie. Mm. He's a great quarterback. He can do everything that you need from a quarterback in 2020. He can rush when he needs to rush. And trust me, his offensive line has given him many reasons to rush himself. He's been able to fit those passes in in those tight windows. He has the arm strength. And I think this year is the year he finally breaks that threshold and wins that MVP award. Offensive MVP. Who knows if he wins the whole shebang, but we went just offensive mm-hmm. MVP this year. Last year, 4,100 yards passing, 31 TDs, five interceptions. Only five. You can only count them with one hand. Five. Five of them. And so I think, I mean, you look at that stat line, that's incredible. The year Seattle had, they made the wild card game, even though, because we knew what Niners had, they had a fantastic year themselves. So they couldn't get that division. But I think going into this year, it's, it's Russell's year. You got I mean, he has the talent. You can't disagree with that. It's just, it seems like, Peter, every year, someone that just has a, a better year just ever so slightly. It's very similar to uh, Drew Brees during his prime where just like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or someone else just had a slightly better year than him or I guess more distinguishable year than he did. Uh, Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> good old Mr. Unlimited. Hey, man, that's a good pick. I actually was considering Russ, and I think you did hit on the head. He won a Super Bowl. People are like, oh, he, you know, he's got too many good things going on in his life or whatever. They, they have a bias towards people that are having too much good things. I don't know. But I think also in that same vein is that Seattle is, for the longest time, the Legion of Boom was known so much for defense that they're like, Oh, they don't. He's not the most valuable player for them. They're not relying on him. The truth of the matter is, I mean, this past five years, you know, since the Legion of Boom has kind of dissipated, they are relying on him in his offense. He creates the offense. He's scrambling around, making things happen. I actually enjoy watching Russell Wilson, you know, play because of that. You know, he, he plays very a very fun style of football. Uh, and just like you said, there's just people that always just have something that's more distinguishable slightly better stats, whatever it is, uh, that just don't let him win that MVP. But I think I think you very well could be right. I think you could win the MVP this year. Yeah, so I think – think about this. If you take Russell Wilson off the Seattle Seahawks team, I'm not going to say who you're going to replace him with, but I'm just going to say you take him off the team the last three years, that team's picking top five in the draft every year. I mean, Russell Wilson goes out and wins games for Seattle. He puts his team on his back. He's a true leader. And I think he's very well deserving and has been past deserving for the award. Mm -hmm. I have a prediction. TBH. It's just a stat line, TBH. But we can go back to this uh, once this season has unfolded. But I'm I'm shooting for 4,200 yards. So not outrageous not numbers Kyler Murray numbers not not in your case Kyler Murray numbers <laughs> not in your case but I think he will get to that 4,000 mark again I think he's gonna have 4,200 yards in that ballpark I think he's gonna have 38 touchdowns throwing and he's only gonna have four picks 
Oh, that's that line in itself should already put you in the conversation. But then I also have him rushing for 600 yards. So he's going to rush for 600 yards. And that's where I believe, and he's going to have five touchdowns on the ground, five. That's my stat line. I think with that stat line, coupled with the Seattle record, I'm not going to give out Seattle record because it's going to unfold, but I think they will make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They will contend for that division because the Niners will still be good. And then the Cardinals, as, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to be good. Uh, the Rams are kind of the wild card still right now because we just don't know what we're going to get out of Jared Goff and their running mm-hmm. back situation is a little bit up in the air. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that with that, that's a, a great resume for a, a first MVP award. And, and I think that Russ is going to get it this year. That's, that's my pick. I think I he like deserves it. it. He deserves it. He deserves I mean, it. Exactly. I think I like it. I think it's a good pick. I think we've, we've all had good picks here. Yeah, they've, they've all been great picks. It's just the sprinkle the TBH on there where I, I kind of have to stand my ground a little bit. Mm-hmm. The TBH is, but at the end of the day, a TBH is a TBH, and you got your own opinion, Peter. Mm-hmm. Ride with it. Yes, sir. 100% ride with it. So that, that's it. For you, Peter, you had, for your defensive player of the year, you had Nick Bosa. And then you had, for your offensive MVP, Pat Mahomes, PM to PM. I was like, I forgot who it was, but then I was like, <laughs> who's the most obvious person? <laughs> oh, it's Mahomes. <laughs> no, but, I mean, Mahomes could very well win the next five awards straight, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised. You, you, you could put money for the next 10, and you probably wouldn't lose money. That's the scary part. That's the scary part. So, yeah, we went through it. That, those are our MVP predictions, both on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball going into this new year. So, I mean, great picks from the, each of us. We had our own opinions, and we shared some opinions on, on certain things, but we'll move along. We'll finalize NFL mm. with a very, very, very long ways away Super Bowl prediction. Who you got? Let me hear it, Peter. Again, a little bit basic bitch on one side. We've been sucking on them this whole time, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're going to make it back. Now the other side, this might shock you, shock some Saints fans as well. I'm going to go extreme TBH. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, make it my. To the oh, my. Someone called Jerry. <laughs> oh, man. You Jerry's got the Cowboys. Right now. Like, you know what? That's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Cowboys are in a division that is always up for grabs. They can very well grab it. I think they had a great draft getting C.D. Lamb, who was one of the best, if not the most talented mm-hmm. receiver. You know, you got the O-line. You got, the, you got Ezekiel, who's – Proven, proven player in the NFL. But the whole thing? You got I, didn't getting getting there. I didn't say they're getting there. Oh, you okay. Let's not get too far ahead then. So you got the Cowboys and you got the Chiefs going at it for the Lombardi. Ooh, that's, that's good. Super TV. You know what? That's good. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. You know, I didn't have that. And, and I'm not even going to lie. I didn't. The Cowboys weren't front of mind thinking when I was making this selection, but now that you mentioned it. Think about it. I mean, they went 8-8 last year. 
Sure, that that might turn people off, but they got Mike McCarthy now. They've got they have all the tools players wise, defensively, offensively, offensive line, running back, two receivers. Dak Prescott, okay, maybe not all star caliber, but he sure as hell is caliber of you know being a, a, a playoff quarterback. You know what? Because I, I, I don't want to be biased, and I won't be biased, but that's a good point because when I think about the Cowboys, their overall makeup of the team and, and how the talent is spread out, it's very similar to the Saints. You know, they have talent at every side of the ball. Um, and it, the thing is with Dak, it's like, where does he want to take the team? Um, because obviously with the contract situation that he's mm-hmm. been right. that should be going through, it's, it's been such a, a huge distraction to, I think, the overall team. And, and obviously the Cowboys, they're America's team, as everyone has dubbed it. They're always under the limelight, whether it be Skip Bayless's limelight or, or just the limelight of all media, sports media. And so they're, they're always in that center of attention. This year, it might be their year to do it. It, might, it really might be their year because the Giants don't scare me. Mm. They really don't. Eagles, they're probably the only team that really could fend for that division outside mm-hmm. of the Cowboys. Contenders. The Washington and, and football team. Washington football team. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're not scaring anybody. And so that's why when I look at it, they could very well win their division. And and they could be on it, but that, that 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 is a good pick. I think you went really safe with your Chiefs pick, Peter, and I think you really you did a risky pick with that that Cowboys. Pick I went out on the limb. Yeah, I did. I, I was like looking at the standings, like who's who's uh maybe not everyone's on everyone's radar, but come on now. I don't think they're gonna win though. I mean, I've got like I said, it is a safe pick with the Chiefs, but. So you got the Chiefs. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into it right away then. You think Chiefs win it then? Yeah, Chiefs, I think, Cowboys. I think, think that's Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs, Cowboys, and Chiefs are going to win it. So I got the Chiefs on the <laughs> so I, got, I, I went safe too. I mean, how can you not go, go with them? You know, I guess as, if, as much if Baltimore, as, Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore is good too. I, I think, as, as we mentioned, their, their division is imposes a threat compared to the AFC West. I, I think that the AFC um, North is a lot more competitive than the, than the AFC West. So that's why I think it gives the Chiefs a little bit more of an easier path to the thing. Um, but I think even, even with that out the window, I think I, I would still choose the Chiefs over the Ravens um, on a neutral site. And so that's why I have them. I have them as well as, as my AFC representative but for my NFC representative, I, I don't have the Cowboys. After I will do some thought after this too. I will do some research because that, that isn't a bad pick. That isn't a bad pick. Um, I have a team that we have already mentioned. I have the Seahawks. They're making it, dude. I, I have them making it. Um, I have them representing the NFC. I think they can do it. I think what we're doing as Saints fans also is, is we're just not jinxing <laughs> ourselves too. Because <laughs> I, I think that that definitely had some impact on me because I was like, I mean, how can I not choose the Saints? I mean, but... We want I, to I choose the Saints, but... Yeah. We're not, we're not going to. 
for reasons not explained, perhaps. But but yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks. I think that they can really make that impact this year. And all the things going for Russell Wilson, as as we just mentioned, um, I think they're primed for a good year. I think that um, I think that their wide receiver core with with Lockett and and Metcalf is a good core. If Disley can stay healthy as their tight end, he's a great tight end. Running game with Chris Carson, I'm. I think that they're they're built all around for for a good year, a successful year. Defensively, we we saw a little bit at the end of the year what they're capable of, but they're not anywhere near where they were with the Legion of Boom. That's for sure. But I think that it gives them the opportunity this year to really step it up. I think their division will be tough, though. Um, mm-hmm. their, their division will be one of the more competitive divisions this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean. I think as it showed last year, whoever kind of makes it out of that division, strong, strong case for a Super Bowl contender, as we saw last year with the Niners. Um, it's, it's always tough following a Super Bowl loss. So mm-hmm. with the Niners, as much praise as we've given them this year, it's, it's tough following a Super Bowl loss. We saw Panthers, we saw Falcons, you know, these teams that Rams last year. It's so uh, close to it, yeah. Yeah, so close and then not – ending up how they want it, they struggle that next year following that. I mean, pretty much every team outside of the Patriots mm-hmm. really struggle year in and year Going out. Going back, yeah, 20 years pretty much. You look at Yeah, the- pretty much every year. It doesn't bode well for the Super Bowl runner-up. So that's why I think Seahawks have a, have a perfect position too and most important position in football, obviously the quarterback. And they got someone who I believe is going to be an MVP uh, this year. So I got, I'm going to back him a little bit more. I'm going to put more chips in on, on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. However, mm. as with you, Peter, I'm just going to use my brain here. Mm. We're both pretty well versed in the football realm. Chiefs are going to win it. Chiefs are going Chiefs, I have them winning against the Hawks 31-28. If it's in Miami... Where it's or it's supposed to be in Tampa Bay this year. Last year was Miami, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be in Tampa Bay this year. If it's in Tampa Bay or if it's in a bubble somewhere, somewhere on this earth, mm-hmm. Chiefs are going to be there. Hawks are going to be there. But Chiefs are going to win back-to-back. First time ever since the Patriots did it. Mm-hmm. Earlier uh, in the early 2000s, they got it. I mean, I, I like it. I like your picks. Uh the Seahawks, one thing with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, they have always been consistent the past eight years. I mean, th- even if they didn't make the playoffs, they're 500 right there ready to make the playoffs. I think it's a good pick. And you stated you think Russell Wilson is going to have MVP year. It's going to pretty much take that to get them over the edge. And their defense is usually always solid under Pete Carroll and whoever they have as defense coordinator. So I think it's a, it's a fair pick. Obviously, we went safe with the Chiefs. Yeah. We're using our noggin a little bit. And also, maybe, I don't know, just biased because they just won the Super Bowl. Who knows? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah I mean, NFL. NFL. We wait a couple more weeks, Peter. We're almost there. We're almost there to the start of the, I would say, the most anticipated NFL season in regards to just how we're going to view it and mm-hmm. – and, the feelings and emotions behind everyone playing, consuming, everything. So um, we went over pretty much everything in regards to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know me and Peter definitely enjoyed discussing it. Good stuff. 
And so that was the bulk of our show today. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Hope you guys are all staying safe. But as we mentioned earlier in the show, at the beginning, at the top of the show, we're going to sprinkle in. So I hope you brought your sweet tooth. I hope it's your cheat day. We're going to sprinkle in to end our show a little bit of non-NFL related items. We're going to touch a little bit on college football right now. I'm going to have Peter have the floor and go over a little bit of what's going to be going on in the coming month. Uh, for NFL, college football related items. And then we're going to just end it off with some NBA Ayun moments. Ayun. Three Ayun moments each. We'll go a quick little segment here on college football, Peter. I know that um, Big Ten and also the Pac-10 have okay. pretty much declared that they will not be having any fall sports this year. Um, I, I want to know your thoughts and also for you to dive in a little bit on your knowledge on how the SEC is going to progress um, in September, in the fall, with when it, when it, in regards to college football, um, mm-hmm. and just your thoughts on that, Peter. So yeah, we're going absolutely. to that. Uh, I think we talked about a little bit over text. It's just it is makes it shed a tear a little bit. Obviously, you want safety first, but it does disappoint to to lose uh, two big conferences. You know, the Big Ten, Pac-12. I mean, I know they haven't won anything as of recently, but I mean, they're they're players in the game and. You know, to not know that they're not going to be here for the fall, I mean, it, it messes everything else up with in terms of the other three conferences that look like are going to play. Uh, so, yeah, disappointing that they aren't, but understandable. Really isn't any sure answer with everything going on. Either way, as long as you have your decisions, I mean, your logic behind your decisions, and, you know, just go with it. Uh, that's yeah. what I would tell the commissioners. Uh, SEC and Big 12 and ACC, looks like they're going to go with it, uh, conference only. I think Notre Dame is going to join the ACC a little bit for this year, or I guess through the whole season and play with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, they released the schedule. I think LSU, uh, local knowledge, is what, September 26th, I think, is going to play Mississippi State. Uh, it's going to be like a 10-game schedule, just SEC teams. Uh it's football. It's football. It's on TV. Uh, I think we also just talked about before this pod that maybe 25% allowance of fans, but you know, that's just, it's still not going to be the same environment at all. Tailgating. I don't even think is going to be able to be allowed, even though it's outside. It's just not, it's just not going to be normal at all, uh, whether or not we even have it or not. But I think that's pretty much what it's going to be it's in conference for those three uh, it's pretty much back and forth with other conferences too that are outside the Power Five. Some are doing spring, some are not doing fall. No word for spring. So it's yeah. I mean, it's a tough deal. It is what it is. I'm glad to LSU and you know SEC and the ones that are going with it are going with it. I'm a fan of sports. I want to see it. Uh, and we talked about this before too that it it does hurt those players that were ready to break out. Can you imagine, you know, Joe Burrow last year, this was happening last year, that we would be deprived of Joe Burrow's historic performance and the LSU Tigers' historic performance uh, if we had no football last year. You know, and Joe Burrow, you know, as a player, you know, he raised his stock. He was a six-round pick. You know, that's good, but, I mean, compared to being the first overall pick, that's millions of dollars uh, that are available in his hands you know, literally in his hands because he played so well during the NFL, uh, the college football season. So 
look there like we said there's no right or wrong answer as long as you have some logic behind your decision i'd say just stick with it and then yeah go with it. i mean you hit it again right on the nail peter because these conferences are operated by pretty much a sole commissioner and he calls the shots for each respective mm-hmm. conference and and so there isn't really much unity outside of that i mean unless they negotiate something but you know it's at the discretion of each sole commissioner for that conference and so big 10 pac 10 you know they made that executive decision they had their own thesis and logic behind that they made that you have to respect it in today's day and age um but then sec acc and the big 12 they opted to forego or continue the season And, and so I mean, it just then begs the question, especially with these Power Five conferences, not even including all the other conferences in in college football and college athletics as a whole. I mean, maybe having a a sole commissioner would help Mm -hmm. in times like this, too. So definitely, obviously, outside of um, our control, way outside of our control, but just definitely something to think about, too, uh, just due to the fact that it, it sucks because the reason why both you and me love college football is we get to see the development Mm. of these young athletes Mm -hmm. potentially breaking out to become a professional athlete, you know, making their mark on the game. College football is such a sport reliant on, on the passion and Mm -hmm. and not having fans there and not having everyone playing. It it definitely hurts. And uh, obviously right now, as you mentioned, there's no right or wrong answer and health is always going to be at the forefront and priority. It just, it hurts to see some of those athletes that have worked so hard to get to that point where they're at, at that university um, and not have a chance to play. Um, So it's going to be, as 2020 has shown us, it's going to be something that we've never seen before. It's going to be something entirely new for the, for the viewing eye. Um, But yeah, for what we have with the SEC, ACC and big 12, we're going to consume it and we're going to enjoy it for what it is because exactly. at the end of the day, we have it. It's something there for us to enjoy. Um, as, and then bringing COVID into it, we'll see their kind of um, contingency plans on when or if, hopefully not, uh, mm-hmm. things arise not necessarily good uh, in regards to COVID. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, college football definitely as the season is nearing to um, mm. we're excited to see that unfold. And as the season unfolds, Peter and I will definitely have a lot of segments in where we discuss some of our thoughts and opinions on that. So, yep. Thank you, Peter, for, for that information on, on college football. Um, so we'll, we'll head into our final segment of the day and we're talking about basketball. So basketball has been going on for um, pretty much almost a month now as far as scrimmages and, and, and the eight playing games. And now starting this past week, playoffs, so mm. NBA playoffs ha- ha- has started, but overall we're going to just do a you moments. Right. So Peter, I'm so, I've been waiting for this all segment or all, all show just to hear your you moments because as we mentioned, a yun can be anything. It can range. It's just moments or it can be a game or it can be a performance by a certain player. It can be anything. It's such a wide variety of different things you can bring up in this segment. But it's just moments that catch your eye that make you say, oh, a yun. Like everyone needs to stop what they're doing and look. So 
Number one, Peter, what's your number one? And, and this is, again, in no particular order. Uh, this is just overall just three of our uh, most Ayun moments from for so my, far in the bubble. Yeah, for my first Ayun moment uh, was yesterday. The Magic beat the Bucks, double digits. The Bucks, number one seed in the East. I mean, granted, that doesn't really mean much because it's, there's no home court advantage. I guess Orlando technically has a home court advantage. But, uh, true. Yeah. True. but uh, yeah, I mean, Nick Vucevic, 35 points. Sheesh. Fournier, knocking threes down, put them away. They didn't even have Aaron Gordon. and Yeah, missing Aaron Gordon. Yeah, double-digit win. I mean, got to put a respect on the Magic's name and their game yesterday. But also cause for concern for the Bucks. I mean, yeah. this is playoff time, baby. It's time to it's time to win. It's time to gear up to be that MVP level, Giannis. And you know, I don't know. It's just they got to get it together. That's definitely something that made me go Ayun yesterday. Oh man, that for sure made me go Ayun. Just do the fact that, and and especially with the playoff format and how it's like. You only have one day rest. You know, there's no travel days. There's no like two days in between games. It's just literally like game day, one rest day, game day. I mean, it definitely puts into perspective. You got to be ready to go. And the Bucks, they cannot hold this last loss any more than what it was. They have to move on. Mm-hmm. And similarly to my team, who I'm going to mention as my first second moment, I mean, there's no time to just chill. You got to get back on it. Mm-hmm. And yes, that was a huge upset. And I, and I was surprised. And I think most people were surprised by that outcome yesterday. But the Bucks have to recuperate and they have to get going because they're the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And shown in this bubble, there really technically is no home court advantage. So, I mean, you're just out there hooping. Mm-hmm. You're just out there hooping. Backyard basketball. Let's you know, go. You, they took game one. You got to be ready for game two. So definitely interesting to see how they're going to respond to that game one loss. And I'm going to segue into perfectly the n- other number one seed in the other conference, the Western Uh-oh. Conference, my Los Angeles Lakers. Boy, I could have, Peter, I kid you not, I could have a whole hour and I can just explode on him <laughs> and, and just rant. But I won't. Mm. I'm just going to keep it nice. And, and if I do get a little bit, if I do carry on a little bit too much, please pull me back in. Oh, no. Don't bring the boom out. Are you Charles? Is that Charles Barkley I see? Are you, are you Charles? I just no. have some things to clean up here, man. You go ahead with your... Put the broom down. Put the broom down. Okay. So let me go into it. And are you in moment? Mm. See, originally, even before yesterday when I was scripting this out, I was like, I'm going to have the Lakers just being disappointing as my Ayun moment, mm-hmm. let alone losing game one yesterday. Oh, man. Let it all out, brother. To say that I was upset would be an understatement. To say that I was pissed off would be a severe understatement. I was so mad yesterday. And I'm just going to go... And just vent out, Peter. Okay. I appreciate that for just I'll lend listening. it here. Here you go. But we got held to 93 points yesterday. 93. I did some research, as I always love to do. Mm-hmm. I did some research. In the last 55 games, 5-5, five, five, dating back to pre-COVID, dating back to even 2019, the last 55 games the Portland Trailblazers have played, they've held three teams 
to under 100 points. Only three teams. Yesterday, they held the Lakers to 93 points. Portland is known to be a non-defensive team. They held the Lakers to 93 points. We missed so many open shots. We missed free throws. You got Danny Green out there looking like a chicken with his head cut off, running around the floor. You got KCP getting paid 12 mil to go 0 for 9 for 3. I mean, it was atrocious. It was terrible. But as I mentioned with the Bucks, we got to move on. We got to move on. We know what Dame is capable of. We know what CJ is capable of. Their wild cards are Nurkic and, and Melo. Gary Trent has, has been someone who has been rising to the scene. He's been playing well. But we got to move on. But a Ayun moment is just, you look at the Lakers team and, and God rest his soul. Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant is looking down and, and he's like, this is, this is not it. We need to see grit. We need to see those guys that are going to be hustling. We look too soft out there. And, and, and I was disappointed yesterday. But at the same time, game two is tomorrow. Just with the blink of an eye, we're already out there for game two. And don't pull your broom out again, Peter. Don't, don't do that. Don't disrespect that. Oh, don't do that. Because we are not getting swept in this series. However... Mm. We lose tomorrow. And boy, oh boy, these nails are going to be non-existent because it's just ridiculous. I mean, even throughout the whole bubble, there hasn't even been a spark or a game. Even when we beat the Clippers, it was by ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. Even when we had the game winner, Kuzma game winner against um, Denver, we shouldn't even be in that game. We should be blowing them out. (sighs) Disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. Like I said, I could be here all day talking about how disappointed I am, but we're going to move on to game two. But that is my number one Ayun moment. Uh, and we said this was in no particular order, but you know, this hits home the most just because it's like disappointment. I've waited since 2013 for the Lakers. And even in 2013, I mean, we, we had Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. We weren't going to win the ship that year. But this is like our first like playoff basketball. This is Le- the Nick, LeBron's Nick, first playoff Nick. basketball in the Western Conference. No heart, no grit, no hustle. Mm. We'll see game two. <sighs> I feel that you, you were very. You're on the negative side of it, and I won't pull this out too much. Oh, don't don't do it! Don't <laughs> do look, it! Look, look, I don't think they're gonna get you know swept. So I'll put this away. But I do think the Portland Trailblazers will put up a competitive fight. Now I'm going to go positive on this because this was another Ayun thing for me. It's just Damien Lillard, Dame time. What time is it? Dame time. I think he's just been tremendous in the bubble. I mean, really carrying the the Blazers to the playoffs, getting them to the play-in game, winning that play-in game, and now game one. I'm going to go positive with this, I think. I just admire – I've always admired Dame Lillard's heart. And, you know, the guy's freaking shooting from the other free throw line, basically, and it's knocking it down like it's – He's, he's making Steph Curry look pedestrian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, who's Steph Curry anymore? I mean, this is Dame time. Oh, Dame time, baby. And, yeah, you just got to put respect on that, man. He's, he's 
That's the only reason he's even said it before they get in the bubble. We're not going unless we have a chance. So I just admire his heart, admire the way they've been playing. And I'm not going to say they're going to get swept, but they're going to sweep the Lakers. But I think they're going to be competitive. I'm surprised you didn't mention Anthony Davis. uh, Oh, yeah. I mean – I'm being a hater. I'm a New Orleans Pelican fan. Maybe I'm being a hater. I mean, all around, I think what I, what I mentioned, it's just the aggressiveness and just our overall look on the, on the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, we just lacked emotion. We, we, we lacked energy. And, and I was just, mm, I was just waiting for that spark to, to get in them. But mm-hmm. I mean, cause we got guys who have been there. We got Danny green who won the championship last year. Mm-hmm. He knows what it takes and he knows what he needs to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Saw none of it. Saw none of it from anybody. I mean, LeBron had a, a hell of a stat line. Mm-hmm. He went 23 points, 17 rebounds, 16 assists. I mean, fa- I mean, those are numbers that are godlike. Mm-hmm. However, if they don't translate to a win, really, what is there? Really, what is there? And I think Portland, they're probably, and I don't want to go TBH, full TBH, but they're probably one of the best eight seeds I think I've ever seen in my life. Mm. For sure. I mean, the only other eight seed I remember making that much noise was maybe the Golden State Warriors, the, you know, the We Believe Baron Davis Warriors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been eight seeds in the past that have been, you know. That went far, some, but not necessarily yeah, talent-wise. Talent-wise. But I think especially when you look at how the playoffs are built in this environment, in the bubble, it suits them. And they're not even a Cinderella run. They have such talent. They won the Western too. Conference Finals yeah. last year. So I, mean, I think given a fair year, you know, they're a three, four seed, you know, yeah, three, four, four or five seed, especially in how the Western Conference is made up. I mean, you look at the four or five matchup and you got Oklahoma City and you got Houston. I, I think in a full year, I think Portland would be better than both of those teams. You know, Denver, they're kind of iffy because – they do have a great team built up, but they lack that experience in the, mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So I, I think that Portland, in any other given year, they're not an eight seed. But in this NBA, they're an eight seed. and That's just what it is. They, they could do damage. I don't think they will, and I hope not. But I, I think that they can do damage as shown in game one. As shown mm-hmm. in game one. I believe that. <sighs> what's your, what's your uh, second eye on? Number, number two, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Really short and sweet with this one, but because um, they're not—they're no longer playing, and he's no longer playing. I'm going with Devin Booker. D. Book. I mean, ever since I, I saw him in Kentucky, I knew he was—he like, he looked like a Clay Thompson 2.0 back then, and now he's just elevating his game to another level. To go eight and zero in the bubble—I mean, that's a tough, tough, tough task—and to still not make the playoffs—that's cruel. That's really wow. cruel. But I think it's a positive takeaway because I think that Devin Booker, he's so young. Moving forward, he's going to be a household name. He's going to be a name that's going to be around for a while. And the Suns team, they're such a young team too. They're going to make some noise. A few years out from it for sure. A few years out from, from really making um, you know, huge, huge noise and disrupting things. But I have to give him a shout-out because I have to give him that Ayun because Ayun. he's like, you see that Devin Booker game winner. I yeah. mean, that in itself, you take everything out of context. I mean, that's just a fantastic shot over Kawhi, over PG. I mean, and, and to go 8-0, I have to give him a shout-out. Like I said, 
keep it short because they're no longer in it, fortunately. But I got D-Book in the Suns, 8-0 in the bubble, not making the playoffs. That's a Yun moment for me right Ayun. there. Ayun, that is pretty much my Ayun. My last Ayun is Devin Booker. I got to give him a shout out. I guess give him a farewell since they aren't in the bubble anymore. But man, God, a no, you can't argue with that. Devin Booker, no one denies his talent since he's got in. He's really earned his way. It's a shame that he hasn't made a playoffs. Um, you know, it's just what it is. Uh, I really love Monty Williams you know, as, a, as a guy, as a man. Uh, he was a coach for the Pelicans for a while. Maybe not the greatest coach for us, but maybe he's grown. Uh, I can't deny the respect for him. He's a great man. I uh, respect him as a man and just happy to, to see them have some success. And hopefully they build off of it. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's frustrating for Devin Booker never to be in the playoffs, but it, you got to take something good away from that. A no. The league respects you. They respect your coach. Shout out to the Phoenix Suns, man. I young. That, I mean, you literally go to the bubble, right, Peter? You win every game that's in front of you. You go 8-0. And, and you still don't. It's like you don't even make the play-in game. Yeah, let alone you the play-in, yeah. I mean, although I would – I mean, at Memphis, they got in that eighth seed prior to COVID, so they deserve that record that they had prior. But I think – I mean, we all wanted to see maybe a Suns-Blazers matchup. Yeah, I mean, those are the two play- teams that were playing good at the moment. The the Memphis was you got- collapsing, but, you know, they did play well before the COVID, so – and, and Memphis, too, they, they did show some quality, too. Unfortunately, they got uh, – Jaron Jackson got injured, so we weren't able to see them at yeah. full strength. Um, but they still were able to still maintain that, that ninth seed uh, and to get into the play, uh, play-in game. But, yeah, I think all NBA fans and, and all fans, sports fans, were just wanting to see Devin Booker get a shot mm-hmm. at making the thing. I mean, me as a Laker fan, I was like – it's like a, anybody but Lillard, though. But then who knows – Book would have gave us a tough fight as well. Mm-hmm. Book would have gave us a tough fight, but we definitely have to give him a shout out. Well deserved, sure, well deserved. Sure. And I'm glad you shouted him out too, Peter. What's um, a, what's your last the last one? It's it not even. It's not even. So my last one. It's an Ayun moment, but it's not even um, someone's performance. It, it's. I mean, it is technically antics, but but it's not really his performance basketball wise. Mm. I have Giannis as my Ayun, but I have him getting a little feisty. I don't know if oh, you've seen it, but I did he, see the little. He's getting. He's showing some emotion. He 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 did headbutt Mo Wagner of the mm-hmm. of the Wizards, and then even prior to that, he had a technical foul against Dante Hall, showing some grit, showing some emotion. Mm-hmm. But I looked into that, and I'm like, Giannis is someone who has never really been that type of player where really let the emotions outward show yeah. and stand yeah. out. But I think. Why I bring this up and why I think it's a Yun moment, even even though you know he is an MVP and and he's such a household name now. I mean, it, it was an a Yun moment in itself. But I I look deeper and I'm like, he's showing something. Maybe it's like what he's going through too through the bubble. You may see some of these emotions really start to take a hold of players. I mean, you saw the 76ers. It was early. They mm-hmm. were like getting Joel Embiid and, and, and Melton were getting into a fight internally. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think as we see these emotions being displayed, Giannis is someone that I would have not have ever guessed to even be ejected from a game, but mm-hmm. he has shown some emotion. I thought that was pretty intriguing when he headbutted someone. I'm like, man, who knows what 
these players are going through mentally. Little, little irritations could be. Little irritations. Yeah. And these are guys, Mo Wagner and Donta Hall, two of the guys that kind of, I don't want to say instigated, but those are the players that he got in a little tussle mm-hmm. with. Those aren't great players. Those yeah. are those are bench warmers. Yeah. And so you think they're letting these little things get to them as we progress in the playoffs, as, as more of these. Gets more physical, more pressure gets exactly. on. We may see some more emotion get thrown out there. Just a thought. I thought it was a Yun moment just because I'm like, hmm, let me, like who knows? This may, this may evolve into mm-hmm. something more than that. And we'll leave it at that. But those are a Yun moments. Ayun. Quick, a Yun, a Yun, a Yun moments. Three of them so far in the bubble. We'll have plenty of, plenty more a Yun moments as the playoff go on and mm-hmm. plenty more a Yun moments in all of the sports world as, as sports come back to, to life here. But yeah, that, that's it, Peter. That was a good one, man. Good info, good stuff. I enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, we had the NFL season recapped uh, or predicted what, what we think is going to happen. It's just a little, little extra sprinkles here and there. Just give your, your taste buds something, something to talk about. So yeah, I hope you all enjoyed it. I certainly did. I'm, I think Ryan did as well. So yeah, just tune yeah. in next time. Uh, keep watching, like, subscribe, comment. We got more. Yes, and again, I hope everyone and thank you for for even tuning in. And and if you just watched a certain segment or you watched the entire thing, um, Peter and myself, we'd like to thank you guys for for spending the time and give us a like, give us a comment. If there's anything in particular that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to drop it in the comment box or shoot Peter or myself a text message and. Yeah, We'd love to sure. discuss it because we're open to um, pretty much anything. Um, and, and so we're, we're, we're ready to discuss that with you. And, and next segment, upcoming segment, I should say, not next, but upcoming, you should see some new faces and, and some new knocks. And so I know, I hope you're not getting tired of me and Peter because we are not getting tired of doing this, no. but we are going to bring some new knocks into the equation and start discussing some other things as well, some fun stuff. But again, hope you guys are all staying safe. I hope all is well with everybody. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in, Peter and myself. This is the Anox Podcast. Thank you for watching. Later.